guys, welcome to Life in Perspective. I am so excited about today's episode because technically you get to co-host with me today because we're answering all of your questions. Um, First of all, thank you guys for tuning in to Life in Perspective. It's crazy. This podcast started almost four years ago in my closet, and I didn't even think people were going to listen to it. And now um, we've had the opportunity to just share in this space literally around the world. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I ain't even going to hold you. We're going to jump right into the questions because I'm excited about all the things we get to talk about today. So Ashley's going to throw us the first question. Okay, Brenda. So the first question is, how has your journey been since you started to accept Christ in your life? P.S. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Um, How has my journey been? Crazy. Um, I definitely think my journey since accepting Christ in my life well, technically, I did that at six, okay? But um, when I chose to follow Jesus and, like, really, really get serious about my relationship, I feel like my life has been ebbs and flows. I feel like the journey has been up and down. I feel like uh, it has definitely been a life of surrender. Um, it's been recognizing that my life doesn't belong to me and that it's better in the hands of God. Um I think sometimes we can be conditioned to think that because we say yes and decide to follow Jesus, that life is just going to be on the up. <laughs> but it's actually much like that roller coaster, like that is high in the sky. You take that journey and you go up and then there's a drop and then there's a loop and then there's a spin and then there's a flip. They're like all of these things that you could have never imagined. The amazing thing about it is that I don't have to go through all of those levels alone. I get to do it in partnership with a God who loves me, who sees me, who knows what's on the inside of me. And I go through this journey of like learning how to trust him. It ain't always easy. I don't always like it. I cry a lot. I pout. I throw tantrums. I say no. I be off due for a little while, and then I be back because life without him is <laughs> non-existent, basically. Um, but, yeah, it's, it is what you called it, a journey. It's not a destination. It is a consistent um, surrender and a life of submission. But it's like this consistent um, – I always like I I picture it as like testing the waters. It's like I put my feet out there and it's like this journey into the ocean. It's like I start at the sand, I start at the shore, but then, you know, as I keep growing accustomed to the uh feel of the water or how much I trust uh how safe I'll be, the deeper I'll go. And I feel like that's what my journey has been like uh since saying yes and choosing to decide to follow Jesus. Okay, so the next question um, is about trust. Why do we trust our own finicky emotions or feelings more than the character of God? Pride. (laughs) Um, No, like, that's a really good question. I um, I think we are oftentimes reactive to life, and we don't consider the fact that the other option is the most secure one. I think we can only see a situation at the level in which we are engaged in it. And oftentimes it's really, really hard to um, trust what you can't see. You think you know better because you are you. (laughs) But the reality is if you took a moment instead of reacting to whatever you're facing, 
take a step back and go, where is God in this? Like, that that's always my question. Even when it's like a horrible situation or something that caused me pain, my first, I try my hardest for my first question to be, God, where are you in this? Um, it's not like blaming him. Like, why'd you let this happen to me? Um, that used to be me. And then as I grow in my relationship with Jesus and I mature in him, I recognize uh, something that somebody said in Bible study um, a couple weeks back was everything from God is good. So if everything from God is good, even the stuff that causes me pain, if God is in it, there's some good that's going to flow from it. And so that shifts my perspective instead of pouting and, and, and carrying on this level of entitlement, like because I said yes to God, I did him a favor. So he should make my life good all the time. Like what we think is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think we have so many misconceptions about what it means to be a follower of Christ that we oftentimes miss what God's actually trying to do in our lives. And so we choose to trust our finicky emotions because they're safe, seemingly safe. It's what we know. It's what we're accustomed to. It's it, it's comfortable. To trust God is going to for sure stretch me out of my like my safe space or what I feel comfortable in. It's going to require me um, to, to lean on something outside of myself. And so I think like trusting your own emotions over a word from God means you need to grow up. It means you need to mature in your faith. It means you need to take a chance on God so he can show you that he's reliable and you can grow in your trust. So when your emotions come to counter what he said, you can be like, I know this is a lie because what God says is true. He's not like us. He, he does not lie. So anything that he says, it's a sure thing. It is solid. Solid as a rock. Uh, uh. I, I always got to sing. Uh. <laughs> okay, so the next question I think that we should do is, how do you find, how do we find our identity in Christ and not allow our addictions or past to define us? That is a deep question. And full transparency, I don't know if I have a complete answer. I think I have a have an answer that I'm still navigating. Um, and the reason I say that is because I recognize that the more things um, – God brings me into that feel so outside of who I thought I was, the more I have to consistently have a conversation with God to ensure me that I deserve it. And the only reason I feel undeserving of it is because there are things in my past that told me I wasn't worthy or there are things in my past that made me feel like rejected or like I wasn't enough. And what I had to bring to the table was too much or um, it didn't measure up. And so the reason I said I don't have an answer is because I'm in process with that. It is a consistent dialogue with God. Show me who I am through your eyes. Like, how do I not define myself by my past? Because oftentimes we can show up in a space and we think people feel a certain way about us when actually it's us projecting our insecurities on the space we're entering into. Those people probably haven't even thought one time that you too much or you too loud or you don't belong there. That's how you feel about yourself. And you've now projected that on the room. And now you like, 
this is what they think about me. And so the best advice I could offer you is what I've been doing myself, which is inviting God into that. Like sometimes it's hard to see me like the way that God does because I'm so blinded and distracted by my past. Um, You also mentioned addictions. I think that's another space you have to invite God into but you have to ask him to show you the root of why you are um, going after a thing to fill a void that only he can. Like addiction is literally the fact, the reason it's an addiction is because it's not actually fulfilling the thing that you're trying to fulfill. It's why you have to keep going back to it because it's temporary satisfaction. But then you recognize that the hole that you keep trying to plug up feels empty again because it's a space he's the only one that can fill. And so both of these things are not like tallies on your I felt God list. They are actually invitations to invite him closer. It's invitations to go on a journey with him and say, God, show me me. Show me me beyond the hurt, beyond the pain, beyond my past, beyond what they said, beyond what they think of me, beyond my mistakes, beyond the things I've chosen um, over you. God, show me who I am. And then you'll recognize the more you develop God's perspective of you, your decisions will change, your, the things that you were chasing after, you won't even desire them anymore because you know who you are. The decisions you're currently making are because you have a low view of who you are. And so it's an invitation to say, God, show me me. And it's that simple of a prayer. It ain't got to be deep. You ain't got to roll around on the floor 10 times and do circles and do laps and even speak in tongues. Like It's literally a simple prayer. God, show me me. Show me how you see me. Show me the person that you created me to be. Because here's the thing. In spite of your mistakes, in spite of your addictions, God sees you through the finished work of Jesus. He made you righteous, which means he puts you in right standing. So when he looks at you, he actually sees what Jesus did for you. He sees you in the place he actually created you to be. Now your next step is to ask him to show you what that looks like and show you who you are in the most healthiest stage of receiving that your identity is found in him and nothing else. I hope that was helpful. Can you share any song that helps you to be strong when you feel overwhelmed or like giving up? Ooh, y'all know I love music. All right. <laughs> I got a couple of them. Um, ooh, again, I guess it like depends on like specifics because I have certain songs that like I play I think a song that when I'm overwhelmed that I play all the time like if I'm ever feeling anxious or just like I need to breathe I play um hill songs I will exalt you like even the intro of that song is like it's like instrumental and instantly when it comes on I just I feel peace um and I love the words of that song um, because it is a declaration. Like for me, it's like, okay, I will exalt you means that I'm choosing to put you above all the things I'm currently experiencing right now. And I'm shifting my focus from what's making me anxious, from what's overwhelming me. And I recognize that like you are above all of that. And then like the rest of the lyrics to that song says, you're my hiding place, my safe refuge, uh, my shelter. You are. Like, it's literally reminding me that everything that I'm desiring, whatever strength I need, is found in him. So it literally shifts my focus, and it really doesn't matter. Like, that song always, like, shifts my heart and shifts my posture and kind of help me move forward. Um, 
Another song is He Won't Fail, Todd Galbraith. Period. Like, my dad recently <laughs> uh, walked through a health journey of cancer. And I just remember every single day playing Todd Galbraith's He Won't Fail. Um, because I needed to remind myself that God has never failed me and he wasn't going to start in that moment. And now my dad is cancer free. And so um, definitely those two songs, like in seasons where I need to like raise my faith, um, for sure, those two songs definitely have gotten me through some things. And the last one hmm, is, uh, is it My Worship by Phil Thompson? Uh, I'm not going to sing it for you, but the lyrics are <laughs> um, like, I will not be silent. I will always worship you. Um, so I feel like I will exalt you is like for being feeling anxious and being overwhelmed. And my worship is when I have like um, feelings of heaviness or a depression, because it's like those things try to silence you. And so I need a worship to get myself out of that place. And then he won't fail. It's just a reminder that God is God. And whatever um, he said, he's going to do it. So that's faith. Feeling anxious uh, or overwhelmed, I will exalt you. And then heavy, depressed, feeling like you just, you know, can't make it. My worship, Phil Thompson. That was my big three. When you have two good options to choose from, how do you tell which is the will of God, especially when you can't hear from God even after committing to prayer a few times? Whew. Um, that is a really good question. I think um one of the things I decipher one of the things I use to decipher um like this is the God thing and this is the good thing is which one of these options require me to depend on God like which one could I do in my own strength and which one can I do <laughs> only if God is with me um the decision I made to walk away from my job that was a good option it it was actually a great one <laughs> it came with money and benefits and security and a check every two weeks and kind of knowing where that was gonna go and then there was this other option that was risky that was reckless that was crazy um and so both of those were good things because one guy was I knew God was calling me into the other one felt a little safe well one didn't really require me to lean on God I could invite him into it but I kind of understood that flow I could do it without my dependence on him the other one required total and complete reliance on the Lord I couldn't do it apart from him and so I think that is a huge way to decipher you got the two options the one that scares you the one that you know you cannot do by yourself that's the God thing the one that feels safe the one that feels comfortable the one that doesn't stretch you that's the good thing and I'm gonna tell you this a good thing without God in it is not gonna be good for too long and I knew that if I did not transition from that church eventually I was going to hinder the forward movement for the people that were there as well as myself. It was not going to end well because the grace that God sent me there in was lifting. And so I got to follow the grace. And so that's kind of one of the things um, I think you mentioned, like not being able to hear God. I think you can. <laughs> I think you know exactly what you're supposed to do. I also think that sometimes we go to God with an answer already in our minds 
And when what we hear doesn't align with that, we like, oh, I don't think I'm hearing God. <laughs> you are. So I would suggest before you enter into prayer, surrender your options. Surrender what's your outcome. Surrender what you want it to look like, how you think it should be, all the things. And say, hey, God, here's kind of what I think I hear, but I'm surrendering that to you. I'm going to put it at your feet. What are you saying? Before I made the decision to leave my job, I, I had a sensing that God was going to transition me. I also was extremely frustrated. And so I literally spent an entire week, seven days, I went on a fast and said, God, remove anything from my heart that would disrupt my ability to hear you. I didn't even ask about a job. I didn't ask about leaving. I didn't ask about what he wanted to say. I literally went seven days of being able to clear my heart of anything that would disrupt my ability to hear him. Because if I went into a fast with the frustration, I was going to steer where I wanted to go based off how I felt. So I needed to just spend time with the Lord and focus on who he is and, and worship him and not even go after the answer I was looking for in the moment. So I would challenge you to do the same thing. Kind of shift your prayers. Don't make them about the thing. Make them about you and God. God, anything in my heart you want to address? Like, just go the complete opposite of what you after and watch God create some clarity for you. And then when you step back into it and invite him, okay, God, now I need you to make clear which direction you want me to go in. You'll be able to hear him more clearly. Okay. So we have two faith questions. Um, one that says, how does one build faith in Christ? And the other one is what does faith look like when trusting God, I'm moving to a whole different state. Okay. Um, I'll do the moving one first, and then uh, I'll end on the other one. Um, I think, uh, what does it look like trusting God and moving to a whole other state? Um, child, it just looks like doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> it looks like, all right, get on it. Like, for me, I'm one of those people who will, I'm a procrastinator, all right? The Lord is still delivering me. I just, I just like to do things when I feel pressured to do them. Um, but moving... The moment God confirmed the word, I bought a plane ticket. It, it wasn't to leave right away. I like, I think I bought the, I got back, I visited in May. I visited LA in May. God started speaking in June. He confirmed it. The moment he confirmed it, I got on the internet and bought a ticket. Because if I never would have bought a ticket, I never would have left. So sometimes you have to make a decision that forces you towards the thing God's telling you to do that you don't you, you don't have the ability to procrastinate on. And so I would tell you to do that. Wherever God's telling you to move, make some movement towards that. If it's like you need to get an apartment, start looking for him. Try to sign a lease. Like do something that forces you to take the step. So when I the word was confirmed in June, I bought a ticket for August 28th. I wasn't even trying to be deep. I didn't even realize it was August 28th until I celebrated my one year. Then I moved. I'm like, oh shoot I moved on August 28th so I feel like just take a step that will not allow you to double back like take a step that's gonna cost you if you don't move forward in it um I would say that and then just trust God don't come with these expectations like it's gonna be great I thought when I moved to LA because I was following the Lord it was gonna be roses I'm like for sure he got the red carpet for sure any job I apply for I'm gonna get because I'm following the Lord <laughs> not the case all right. I was sleeping on an air mattress in my friend's living room and I was out of work for eight months. All right. I was eating off the little five hundred dollar Chipotle and Chick-fil-A cards that somebody had gave me when I moved. I moved here with two thousand dollars and nothing. All right. Absolutely nothing. So I would say, like, just 
just align your expectations that God's going to take care of you and <laughs> that God's going to provide in whichever manner he sees fit. Um, and I think like to um, be open, there's like, I don't know like what you're moving there for or if it's like a job or whatever God's telling you to do, but like be open because I moved in August in October of that year, somebody sent me a job and because it was too far, I said no and it ended up being the job I took in April. So I didn't actually have to struggle for eight months, but because I just, it didn't come the way I thought it was going to come, I didn't say yes. We thank the Lord for grace that made it circle back, you know, in April. But I just want to say, like, be open to things going outside of the way you think they're going to go. Um, so that's what faith looks like um, moving to a whole other state. Just do it. Like that, those people say. Oh, the last question. We have one more question. So to finish that question, though, it was um, oh, how do the, you build faith? And okay, okay. The last question is about a verse. Okay, okay. How do you build faith? How do you, how do you build faith? Um, I I love I love the language that you use there. How do you build faith? Because faith is definitely a muscle, and or at least how I see it. Um, I think that it's like going to the gym, and when you first get to the gym, you be tired. Just be really, really tired um, and trying to like and, and you might not see results right away. But the moment you step in the gym and you start working out, your body begins to adjust. Your body begins to stretch. But it's only the fact that you continue to endure and you continue to keep going that you actually see the results become visible. So, you know, the results are there. They just haven't yet surfaced and faith is literally that it is the evidence of things not seen it's wait now wait faith is the substance of things hoped for and it's the evidence of things not seen right you can't see it but the more you work that muscle you're going to see the evidence show up in your life and that is what faith is and and sometimes we think that it starts with the big things it doesn't I bet you it starts with the little things. It's the little baby steps that God asks you to take in your day-to-day life that help to grow that muscle that when he asks for a big thing that disrupts your life, you'll be able to do it because you've been working that muscle. And so I would challenge you to do that. God, I want to use my faith today. Give, give me an assignment, you know, give me something to work my faith. Give me a faith project. Give me something to believe you for in this moment that I can't actually see. And you start working that muscle and the more you work it, It'll show up and you'll be able to handle the big weight. I can't handle the big weight at all. I have no upper body strength whatsoever. None. Just not a pull up. Not a, I, I, It's terrible. I have strong legs, though. Strong legs. And strong faith. And strong faith. Okay? Amen. Strong faith. <laughs> okay. Our last question is, what's a verse or a song that has helped you get through a tough time last year? It's actually a scripture I quote all the time, but recently I came across it in a different translation and it has actually been something that I hold really really dear to my heart so it's first Corinthians 1 and 9 and in the Amplified Bible it says God is faithful he is reliable trustworthy and ever true to his promise he can be dependent on and through him you were called into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord so whew, I could like really get emotional in the sense of like I literally like saw this scripture come alive for me. Like 
God is faithful is like enough, right? I could stand on that. But then the Amplified breaks it down and explains what his faithfulness looks like. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. He's true to his promise. And he can be dependent on. So in moments where I felt like, God, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to get through this? Where I'm going to sleep? Where I'm going to go? Like, how am I going to do all of these things with no steady income? He could be depended on. He's reliable. He's trustworthy. And he's true to his promise. Like, whenever I doubt, I promise you that scripture comes into play because he's God and he's faithful and he could be dependent on. So whenever you feel like, man, this might fall through, this might, it probably will, but God will never fall through because he could be dependent on. Oh, I hope you hold that to your heart. 1 Corinthians 1 and 9, read it in the Amplified Bible. Make it a confession. Make it something that you just say to yourself over and over again um, because it is so, so true. God can be depended on. And I um, I really enjoyed this. We got to do this more often. Thank you for co-hosting with me. Thank you for sending in your questions. I pray that something was said today to help put your life in perspective. You already know. Do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button. Share this. Download it on all your audio platforms and we will see you back next time right here at Life in Perspective. We out.